of Robinson Rolfs having a natter and this week it won't surprise anyone to know that once again I'm having a natter whether he likes it or not with Mr. D. Surprised me actually I was quite surprised when you started chatting to me about another employment tribunal case I thought what's this crazy guy on about? Yes this crazy handsome fool on about this crazy handsome male model type character yeah um on about yeah now we've got a case today dear fans <laughs> i'm surprised you to know the whilst it's a serious case i am going to uh i'm going to uh make a a bit of a gag at the beginning of just to yeah. bring one years ago so the claimant is called Ian oh, I, was do, I was gonna do this gag. <laughs> <laughs> you know where i'm going with it don't you yeah well on. he's he's very much ian drury we're the Blockheads. Oh, well, I was going to say yeah. it's Ian Drury and the Blockheads, ah. but replace Blockheads with Ministry of Defence and, you, and you've got the case name, oh. but also the Ministry of Defence witnesses didn't come across well and could be said by the tribunal to have been almost described as Blockheads. Oh. So I was a bit more long-winded and uh, I, I almost ran out of steam, to be honest. I almost bored myself to death. No, it was an excellent, uh, excellent joke. And, yeah. you... and it continues the up-to-date the reference theme, doesn't it, Ian Drury and the Blockheads? Yeah. Well, it made sense here. Yeah, no, I think just to be clear, we'll have, we had a bit of fun there. That's, that's, that's happened. That's the fun. That's the fun over. Um, but um, but to be clear, I don't think it is that Ian Drury, is it? Uh, um, no, I'm pretty sure it's a different one. He's been working at the he had been working at the Ministry of Defence since uh, yeah. 1982. So I think unless he was doing that alongside a career as a British singer, songwriter, and actor, um, I think uh, was I it Wikipedia was, was he an actor as well? well? That's very very interesting. Yeah. During um, the late 70s, during the punk and new wave era of rock music. Yeah. Well, I was the lead singer and lyricist of Ian Drury and the Blockheads. Mm. And it was spelled differently, actually, as well. But, I mean, it would be a bit odd if Ian Drury and the Blockheads had, I don't know, John Phillips as lead singer, wouldn't it? That would be a bit confusing. <laughs> it, would be, it, would, it would be very... Uh, um, but um, there, there, there we go. Well, anyway... Um, that was that. That was that. So... So definitely some reasons to be cheerful Oof. there. Oh. And now Dave's going to hit us with his employment stick, his rhythm stick. Yeah. yeah. So oh, um, so off you go, clever Trevor. Why don't you? Um, why do you? Why don't you wake up and make love? No, that doesn't. That doesn't work. Is that another song by him? It says it's wake up and make love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, you're probably thinking if you listen to this podcast so far, what a waste of time as it looks like another one yeah yeah and yeah. um uh there'll be no sex drugs and rock and roll no, no. And, and 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 i'm yeah would you call me my old old man i mean i wouldn't um, but uh, um there's one there's <laughs> one for you dish <laughs> but i won't won't read that one out that one also yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, and then that one, that one there works for you as well. Yeah, so, yeah. why don't you, why don't, why don't you go to Trevor? That's a that, that's yeah. good. I didn't, I, oh, if you, I didn't if, even know that was a song. Why, why don't you all look at the list of Ian Drury and the, <laughs> the Blockhead songs and, and think which ones could Dave and I be talking about? <laughs> um, so, oh, so right, so, so let's crack on with this case. Yes, you're right. Fun over. <laughs> um, so Ian Drury against the Ministry of Defence. Uh, the judgment came out uh, in the last couple of weeks. The claimant 
Um, spoiler alert, uh, but uh, it's probably important to flag at the beginning. He succeeded in his claim for unfair dismissal. He acted uh, in person, so well done to him. Um, it is a claim for unfair dismissal. If you're wondering why we're not mentioning disability discrimination uh, as we go through uh, the, the facts and the judgment, well, he didn't bring a claim for disability discrimination, um, although you may wonder why he didn't, possibly because he was uh, unrepresented. So headline is that he was unfairly dismissed. There was a 25% reduction in the compensatory award under the Polkey principle, which we'll explain later. Uh, and he was also wrongfully dismissed and that the respondent wasn't entitled to dismiss him without notice. Um, remedy, uh, well, in the judgment, it, it, it is to be decided, uh, although the remedy hearing was on the 1st of March, Ooh. so a few days ago, but I haven't seen a report of how much he actually uh, was awarded. So it was a claim for wrongful dismissal and unfair dismissal. He started work for the respondent, uh, which was at that time the Defence Science and Technology Laboratory, uh, which is an agency of the Ministry of Defence, on the 5th of July 1982, and he was most recently employed as a mechanical engineer. Mm. He was ultimately dismissed for gross misconduct on the 6th of February 2020, but the case relates to events in 2019. So it began when the claimant was absent from work between the 19th of March and the 1st of April, and then also between the 15th of April and the 4th of June with back pain. Um, there was a referral to occupational health, uh, and the occupational health referral mentioned that, in fact, on the 16th of April, he failed to turn up to work. They said they became concerned about some of the statements he was making, and they had advised him to remain at home on sick leave for now. They also spoke to two of his colleagues who confirmed that Ian had been acting out of character, recently becoming easily agitated and upset, and that the um, line manager, Martin Greenstreet's experience of that was similar. Mm. On the 10th of June, that the claimant informed Mr. Greenstreet that he was placing himself on sick leave and would not attend work, sorry, placing himself on leave and would not attend work. Uh, the manager uh, emailed a senior employee relations advisor, Karen Hill, saying that uh, they'd had several of Ian's colleagues come to them unprompted with concerns about his mental state. Mm -hmm. Sent a further email saying all this being said, he believes there's nothing wrong with him, so he isn't currently willing to seek help. There was a further occupational health report prepared in June uh, 2019. Uh, and uh, during that appointment, the claimant had apparently said to occupational health that he was not on annual leave, but he'd suspended himself due to concerns over historical work issues. And the occupational health report said the reason for the claimant not being at work is a management stroke employee relations problem and not a medical one. Mm. On the 23rd of July, 2019, uh, the claimant emailed his manager saying he's off sick with depression, would not be returning to work with his present issues ongoing. So he had let the respondent know explicitly at that stage that he had mental health problems. The claimant in August said to his manager there was nothing wrong with him though, and therefore he could not see his GP, but equally he would not be returning to work with his ongoing issues. Uh, on the 28th of August, the manager wrote to the claimant concerning his continued unauthorised absence from work and warned that if he failed to return to work, provide a satisfactory explanation by the 7th of September, action would be taken against him, which could lead to suspension of pay or dismissal. On the 25th of September, the manager again wrote to him saying disciplinary action would be taken if he didn't respond by the 2nd of October. The claimant responded saying he'd suspended himself as the manager didn't and he felt it was best 
until the issues are dealt with for that for it to remain suspended, in inverted commas. Uh, on the 7th of October, the manager sent a third absence letter. Uh, the claimant responds to that, saying um, that he would not be attending a meeting until he was satisfied it was safe to do so, and uh, the respondent was in possession of his personal file. So he, he, he pretty flat out, flat out refused to uh, attend a meeting and said that ongoing issues need to be dealt with. On the 18th of October, the claimant was uh, suspended by another manager pending a formal disciplinary decision uh, and, and meeting which he would be required to attend. Uh, the disciplinary meeting that had been organised was postponed uh, and the claimant responded to an email from his manager informing him of the postponement saying, I'm sick and continued harassing me isn't helping, will not be attending on the 8th of November, the date of the meeting, so I'm going to the doctors and will send that on when I get it. I have a right to be left alone to get better. Uh, on the 29th of October, he wrote another email saying he had another somewhat, sorry, the manager wrote an email to uh, his colleague saying that he'd had another somewhat agitated phone call from Ian concerning our attempts to have a meeting. Uh, he said that our approaches are making him worse and exacerbating his condition uh, and it said, in effect, leave me alone. Uh, the manager completed an incident report and said he felt he was suffering, the claim was suffering from mental health issues that refuses to believe this was the case. Uh, there was another occupational health report stating the claim was unfit for work because he has high elevated blood pressure and he was unfit to attend a, a meeting. There was then another fit note uh, and another report saying that the reasons for his absence, and, and you'll see here perhaps um, how clearly it's been, how clearly it's seemed that the claimant was mentally unwell. The reason for his absence from work since July was strong personal concerns, rehistorical work events and employment. On speaking with him yesterday, believes that all of his claims took place and he's the subject of a conspiracy against him. He stated that he was petrified to attend the workplace for a meeting as he feared for his personal safety and that of his daughter. We spoke about his concerns and how irrational they appear to others, but he's convinced they all took place. So um, there was then a gross misconduct uh, hearing uh, and um, the, that was all predicated on the basis of management saying they want to invite him to a gross misconduct hearing scheduled to consider the allegations of your unauthorised absence from work and your refusal to obey a reasonable management uh, instruction. Uh, and um, he then got another uh, sick note. Now, um, eventually they, they did hold a, a hearing uh, the claimant didn't attend, but he did submit a video statement or two video uh, statements, uh, in fact. Uh, and then he also asked why work couldn't send him to see a private doctor. All they want to do is sack me for gross misnegligence, he said. If you read up on the side effects of those tablets, you can hallucinate and not be in your right mind. Uh, now, four cocodamols and my, high, my blood pressure tablets might not have had the right effect on my mind. And I might have hallucinated all those events. I don't think I did, but people around me do say, well, you've made it up or hallucinated them. Your mind's been altered. All I know is I'm not very well. I don't know why at the time I thought it was, I was doing the right thing by not coming in because I asked to look into my personal file. Uh, and he said, uh, I've tried to answer all your questions. Well, I don't know really what half of them are. They all go over the same old stuff, really. Now, 
Um, one of the things that Simon and I always mention in our training is the importance of good notes in meetings. We don't, we, we just go on about it, don't we? We just, do. We, we don't stop talking about we, how important they are. We do not. So um, the gross misconduct hearing took place on the 31st of January 2020. Now, the claimant didn't attend. Uh, uh, and just to um, read the judgment, it says, the hearing lasted 90 minutes and was documented in notes of just over one page in length, which is, I think, a bit of an implied criticism there of the quality of the notes. Mm -hmm. uh, but the notes did record they could not find evidence in the video statement to confirm an explanation from the claimant on the periods of absence without leave between April and October 2019, which is what they were focusing on, and because the later periods um, were covered by a fit note. The panel discussed there was evidence to show that opportunity had been given provide an explanation for the period of AWOL and communications between the line manager. Um, but they said that there was no reasonable evidence to explain to the panel the period of AWOL. So they concluded that he uh, failed to follow direct management instructions and was absent without leave between the 23rd of July and the 21st of October 2019 without reasonable explanation. They said after considering all the relevant factors, it has been decided your employment would be terminated uh, immediately so that without notice or without pay in lieu of notice mm. uh, the claimant appealed grounds of appeal covered sickness during the disciplinary process concerns about mental health uh, he put forward reasons for his absence from work in july to october he said there was a disproportionate sanction he said he was not registered with the gp during the period of unauthorized absence which should hamper his ability to get a, a fit note um and he was invited to attend an appeal hearing. Now, the appeal manager asked various questions of the dismissing uh, manager. And uh, again, something else that Simon and I always mention in our training sessions is about not jumping straight from a finding of mis gross misconduct to a conclusion that dismissal Certain, is the appropriate sanction. Certainly not literally. Don't jump. Don't jump. No, no. For my love. That means dangerous. Hmm. Is that the injury song? <laughs> no, if, if, if not, it's off topic and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> um, so one of the questions that was asked was, how did the panel decide the decision to summarily dismiss without notice to be fair and proportionate? And the response was, as this was a gross misconduct case, this is standard practice and it's the legal position typically uh, taken. So anyway, it, it won't surprise you to know that the appeal was not successful and the original decision to dismiss stood. So the tribunal went on to consider the legal issues. Well, before we go on to consider the legal issues, a couple of points just I think I need to pick up on the on the facts point, Dave, is that the one of the reps in this case was Jennifer Gray. I just wanted to make it clear that I don't believe that it was um the actor who played Baby in Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Uh, although it yeah. could have been, but I don't believe it. It could have been, it could have been but mm. it's a different spelling of Grey. Oh, okay. The other thing was I noticed maybe she got married. Disappointing. <laughs> is um is that and um, you 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 talk about a private doctor yeah um, okay. and of course it's important always make sure you send him to a private doctor as opposed to a say a private dancer yeah and um, because uh, a private dancer a dancer for money i mean they'll do what you want them to do mm -hmm. uh, you know a, a private dancer a dancer for money any old music will do and that of course would really have very uh little to no place in fact no um in a medical assessment yeah not those aren't your words are they so you know the authority for that comes from uh, tina turner herself Tur it? turner v dancer <laughs> uh, tina v turner tina v turner exactly <laughs> so um i, I was thinking um uh, Ms. in drury should have maybe maybe met up with somebody 
um, like I, I don't know, there are any singers or songwriters called Judge, and then formed a group called Judge and Drury. I yeah, think that would have slightly worked. Yeah, or maybe like a sort of pub chain, Judge and Drury. That yeah, kind of work, wouldn't yeah, it? I think so. The Judge I, and Drury. I certainly think so. The and then, and then to complete your point about about um, what Ian Drury sang, but no, he he was very, very historically. Um, and indeed, famously um, well known for not singing many songs about health and safety. Mm. So, yeah, he was criticised quite a lot of the time. In the press, yeah, it was quite a, quite a, it was quite a scandal yeah. back in the day. <laughs> apparently. So anyway, so I'm going to talk, as Dave Wright you said about three hours ago, about the about the the the, the, the decision or 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 the discussion, mm. as they call it in the, in the judgment. Now, the tribunal, ladies and gentlemen, or lady and gentlemen, or lady or gentleman, um, or Maybe it's a dog listening to it yeah, in the background. Yeah, you know, or non-binary. Non, yeah, either way, absolutely, yeah. That they uh, all welcome, yeah, all welcome. Um, unless you're one of our nemesis, in which case, why are you listening to this? What, yeah. you, what are you up to, regardless of gender? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that the 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 tribunal said they said, listen, we find that the respondent had a genuine but very casual. I find that the the respondent had a genuine belief that the claimant was guilty of misconduct. Um, so they genuinely believed that the claimant was uh, deliberately failing with a reasonable excuse to attend work between July and October 2019, yeah, and failed to obey reasonable management instructions and that he failed to provide a sitting. So far, so good, but that's as good as it got for the respondent, because then the judge went on and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, the judge said, I find the respondent's belief the claimant was guilty of misconduct was not based nice. on reasonable grounds. Very M. Night Shyamalan there, um, <laughs> the twists and turns. The respondent's finding of misconduct suggests the claimant's actions were an unjustified refusal with no other motivation or reason. And yet, said the judge, the line manager raised concerns about the claimant's mental health from the very beginning of this period in the claimant's employment. OH had stated on the 27th of January 2019 that the reason for the claimant not being awarded was a management issue as opposed to a medical one. And the judge said, listen, in some circumstances, it may have been reasonable to rely upon the opinion of OH, but it was not in this case for multiple reasons. Yeah, important lesson there, I think, isn't there? Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. Get occupational health in appropriate circumstances. Yeah. Um, but it is only ever advice. Occupational health won't be aware, perhaps, of all the circumstances, although ideally the referral will be as complete as possible um but yeah you you can't outsource decision making to hr it is um to sorry occupational health it yeah. is only or hr or hr, or HR. That's, we always say that don't we which is yeah. why i don't worry source your thinking yeah. but you were right to say it both oh mm. and hr so um the claimant so what the judge said was look listen the claimant was a uh, an employee of 37 years service with any previous symptoms of mental health issues as such a sudden display of potential mental health issues should have overridden a single statement um, by OH. And this didn't occur despite videos of the claimant talking about unusual topics and the claimant saying he was unwell and his closest colleagues saying they believed he was having uh, mental health issues. And um, the respondent did not have a sick note confirming a mental health issue, but what they did have was a significant amount of non-medical evidence to suggest a mental health part on the problem of the uh, claimant. So a reasonable question to ask is, what would a sick note have added? Anyway, the judge says the claimant being away from the workplace was itself out of character um, and the respondent should not have assumed a simple refusal to attend work um, was was um, was an act of misconduct. Um, and it was what they say is it was um, it was not reasonable to assume that such a blatant out of uh, character absence was a conduct issue in the circumstances. Furthermore, they said the low OH originally had made the point I've just said a while back. 
um, uh, about the uh, employment management problems rather than medical one. They said then on the 30th of October, which was a few months later, that the claimant was frightened of coming into the workforce, workplace. And then they said a couple of days after that, that after talking to the claimant, they claimed the conclusion he was unfit to attend a stressful meeting. And then five days after that, sent a report confirming the advisor had spoken to the claimant and had discussed the conspiracy he felt involved in and his concerns appeared irrational. So uh, the judge said as such, even a wage by a later stage suggests it was not a simple uh, conduct issue. So overall, he says the respondent did not have reasonable grounds on which to conclude the claim was deliberately failing without reasonable excuse to return the work, attend the workplace or comply with reasonable management instructions. And the judge said it does not end there. So that's right. Mm -hmm. you know, oh, the judge, the, the respondent, sorry, we go, oh, no, at least it's over. It wasn't over. It got worse. Um, he said, even if I'm wrong with regards to whether the respondent had a belief in the claimant's misconduct based on reasonable grounds, he said, oh, I find that the procedure it followed was yeah. not fair. Uh, I don't know whether, by the way, it was a, a, um, a man or woman judge, so I'll just say they um, going forward rather than anything else. So um, he says, oh, they say, I've not been presented with evidence that satisfies me. The respondent's decision maker seriously considered the possibility that the fact that the claimant was having mental health difficulties uh, might of itself prevent him from providing a sick note and or engaging fully with his employer. The claimant's mental health issues were what prevented him from having more meaningful conversations with the employer, from seeking a GP with the haste that an average person might exhibit, or indeed from fully realizing the extent of his mental health issues, that the claimant might have mental health issues, uh, which would prevent his full cooperation, was not even considered uh, when the respondent later received uh, fit notes saying he was unfit to attend work due to work stress. Whilst the respondent's policies require a signal to be provided after a period of self-certification, this cannot be a rigid rule, said the judge, applied even if the person is incapable of providing a sick note, whether through physical or mental reasons. Mm -hmm. So um, that's important, isn't it? You have to flex your policy sometimes. They're not meant yeah. to be a prison for the employer and the employee. Mm -hmm. They're a guy. It's a wonderful image. Thank you. Created there. Thank you. A very visual image, I trust. Mm -hmm. Um, so consideration of mitigation, would you like to talk about that, Dave? I can indeed. So, uh, yeah, but would you like to? I'd like to. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. No, I'll, I'll do it. it reluctantly, but, you know, I'll make the I'll make the most of it anyway. Can you make it sensual? I can. Well, I can try. I can only try. Um, like Nigella style or, I mean, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do it normally. <laughs> the risk of being weird, the risk of being weird, which uh, is something I've often been accused of being. Yeah. So, um, I'm also not satisfied. So, sorry. So, this is coming back to the earlier point that we were making about um, uh, jumping straight from a gross misconduct, but not literally sanction finding rather yeah. to the sanction of dismissal. But yeah, not literally. Um, so, the judge said, I'm also not satisfied that the disciplinary panel understood the concept of mitigating circumstances or applied them or applied them correctly to this case. So that um, phrasing there, not satisfied that the panel understood the concept of mitigating circumstances, I think is, is pretty damning. Uh, and they said that they are not satisfied that the claims 37 years service, which made for powerful mitigation when compared to an abnormal period of a few months was considered in any meaningful way. So they didn't adequately consider mitigation and that was not uh, remedied um, on appeal. They commented that the uh, appeal officer didn't even mention mitigation in their witness statement, and that made the process unfair. But presumably, did them want to consider sanction? They got it right. Uh, unfortunately, not. So because and they, the judge cited that statement that we mentioned earlier, as this was a gross misconduct case. This is standard practice in the legal position 
typically taken and said this suggests that if gross misconduct were proven, a decision to dismiss summarily would inevitably follow. Uh, now the uh, tribunal here, and and we talk, tribunals. Just before you go on, on our on our on our on our um, uh, training, training sessions, sessions yeah. we talk um, about the the mistake that you'll make if you think that summarily summary dismissal follows from gross misconduct. Don't yeah. we do? And the audience lap it up. They do. They do. It's not. It's not even one of the highlights, but they still enjoy it. If you can believe it, there's more <laughs> highlights than that bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's the end. <laughs> um, Everyone's uh, Yeah. So the judge see it here said, I, I find the disciplinary panel did not adequately consider the issue of sanction, not remedied on appeal, and that made the process unfair. Simon, they then went on to consider Polky, didn't they? They, they did go on to consider uh, Polky, and Polky, of course, everyone talks about Polky. You know, oh, Polky. They're all. Always going on about it, everyone, aren't they? Yeah, Pol <laughs> Polky v. AE Dayton Services Limited. Sometimes I'm in a pub and people talk, oh, stop talking about yeah. Polky, I say. Hey, I've come to the pub to get away from talking about Polky, and now all you want to talk about is Polky. And they say you shouldn't have come to the Polky v. AE Dayton <laughs> pub then if you wanted to stop talking about it. Um, so, but, but it's talking basically about what's the chances that had a fair procedure been followed, um, it, it, the, the person would have been dismissed anyway. That's mm -hmm. about that. That's the summary of Polky right yes, there, that's isn't the Polky it? principle, isn't it? The yeah. Polky principle. Um, uh, uh, not to be confused with a polka dot. No, um, no. So, very rarely is as well. <laughs> very rarely is. So um, I, find, I find that if the respondent has followed a fair process, not me, the judge, the judge says, I find that if a respondent followed a fair process, then there's a small chance the claimant may still have been dismissed. Have the respondent considered the claimant's mental health issues properly and considered whether a lesser sanction could have been imposed there is a very substantial chance they'd have kept him on as an employee. Um, there is a 25% chance that the claimant would have still been dismissed. So a 75% chance that they wouldn't. And um, uh, that's what they decided in relation to that. And then they were like, we might on that is I think that's quite generous to the respondent very generous uh, I mean obviously the judgment was against the respondent here but yeah. um, that's a result yeah. given the rest of the judgment, yeah it really yeah. is yeah um, and then they talked about contributory uh, conduct and uh, the judge mm. did make a, re a reduction for that um, didn't didn't make a reduction for that didn't say so, yeah did I say did. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, I didn't. No, I'm didn't. sure. Just wanted to clarify. We're listening. Why I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I tuned out. I thought that was you're going to mention that particular statement because I thought that was quite a, a, an interesting one because obviously the claimant's conduct could be criticised, couldn't it? But, yeah, but yeah, but what the judge said, uh, thank you, thank you, David, mm. um, was whilst the claimant's conduct is at the core of the case, I find it would not be just inequitable to reduce his award as his conduct was not culpable. Having found that his conduct was the result of a mental health issue, I do not believe it would be appropriate to reduce his awards due to something out of his control. Yeah, wise words. Wise words. Yeah, quite uh, an interesting point, I think, and very well put, I would say, by the by the judge there. It's actually a, a, a well written and interesting judgment. It is. Um, I, I would say. Mm. Um, so 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 there now you we're going to be quiet. Quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, just can you just dance, little rude boy? Um, do the dance of the crackpots. Um, this is for the really injury purists here, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. With the assistance of Apple Music. Yeah. Other music streaming services are available. Yeah. And we don't want to cause any mischief. No. But um, if you, if, I mean, if you were called Harry, I'd say mash it up, Harry, but you're not. No. I don't, I don't know how. Lots of very odd um, titles of songs. How do we put poo poo in the prawn into this? It's very weird. Probably just leave that, I think. Yeah. Sink um, my boats. 
razzle in my pocket. I've no idea what's going on here. Should we just leave it? I think, yeah. I think probably everybody's hoping the podcast ends soon. Um, So we're halfway through. (laughs) Halfway through part one of a six-part podcast. No, it's done. That's it. So whether you're in the car or on the train or maybe you're painting or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think somebody told us they'd listened to it when they were they were they were painting. Mm. Um maybe you're out walking the dog. Mm. Um yeah, or just just walking without a dog. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't think you can only walk if you've got a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um skydiving. Yeah, I suppose you could. Mm. Um, I saw somebody walk a cat the other day on a lead. Not while skydiving. skydiving. (laughs) No. Um, Very much discouraged. That's that's very much, that's that's a niche way to exercise your pet. Um, So on that, on that bombshell, we hope you've, if not, enjoyed it. Um, Not not hated it. Listened this far. Yeah. Um, So you go, we're we're off. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.